0: ...ran in the gutter, washing a slip of folded paper away with it. And the smudge of darkness shook its head, sadly, and was gone. The only constant light was shining up from beneath the floor plates, a pale yellow glow that tinged the air like faint mist and made the Doctor's face look shadowed and angular as the main lights flickered and flashed, apparently at random. So what's going on? Rose asked. Going on? It's all going completely mad. Every sprocket and wocket and merging nut. Mad, 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 mad. I don't know. You materialize for a split second in real space time to take a bearing and see what happens. The doctor was moving quickly around the console. What's the scanner say? Rose glanced at the screen. Sort of whirly stuff. The doctor paused. Hand over a control. Whirly stuff? Here, let's have a look. Problem? He nodded. EMP signature. Electromagnetic pulse, like you get in a nuclear. What's it? He waved his hands to demonstrate. Whoosh, you know. I know, city's getting cooked, sort of thing, he agreed. Only it just goes on and on. Look at it, like there's a thousand bombs going off one after another. Must be hell out there. Then let's stay in here, Rose suggested. Where it's safe. Ah. It is safe. She peered at him through the flickering light. Tell me it's safe. Uh then the console exploded. "'Wiring's gone a bit crazy. "'Anything could be live, anything could go wrong. "'Anything could explode or collapse or... something. "'Something bad, I'm guessing, right?' Rose sighed. The light was strobing and flashing like a demented disco. "'Can we stop the lights doing that?' "'Working on it, all under control!' His voice broke off with a cry of pain. "'Right,' he went on after a moment. "'That'll be the live one, then. Nearly there now!' Rose waited as the lights continued to flash and flicker. OK, lied about that. Sorry, the Doctor said. He was sucking his fingers. Not even close. The whole thing's gone balmy. That's a technical term, by the way. Balmy means... well, balmy, really. We either need to wait for the EMP to stop, which it doesn't seem is going to happen anytime soon, or we need to move the TARDIS out of its influence. And how do we do that? "'Oh, loads of possibilities there. "'Spaceship, lorry, forklift, truck, "'maybe a team of highly-trained squirrels. "'Doesn't that mean going outside? "'Hmm. "'Through the doors that aren't opening because the controls are knackered? "'Hmm. "'Another technical term there. Like it.' "'There was a crank handle in a cupboard. "'The doctor fitted it into a small socket under the telephone "'and turned until there was a gap between the doors. "'Outside looked dark, but not as dark as in the tortoise. It's probably a wasteland, the doctor said. Be prepared for that. Aftermath of a war on this scale isn't much fun. Death, destruction, devastation. Lots of D words, really. Bit of a disaster. Rose squeezed through the gap. She stood outside the door and stared at the scene in front of her. It was night. Stars shining brightly above her. And the scene illuminated by what looked like gas lamps. I can say something, Rose said. That doesn't begin with D. What? I think it's a pub. The TARDIS doors clicked shut. Safety measure, the doctor said sadly. Like a rising hinge to keep the interior in stasis till she gets back to normal. So they close themselves till you open them again. Yes, well, not quite. Once the doors are shut, they stay shut till she can repair her systems and get everything working properly again. They walked along to the pub, the broken spyglass. On the way, they passed several steam-powered carts, and also a bulky, oily, steam-driven approximation of a man. Puffs of white smoke erupted from the primitive robot's joints as it moved. So this whole place runs on kettle power, Rose said, as the doctor pushed the door of the inn open. There were wall lamps burning and candles on the tables. It looked like an old-fashioned, oldie worldy pub, Plain wooden tables stood on a bare, stone-flagged floor. At the end of the room was a long wooden bar complete with hand pumps. There were few people in the inn. A couple of bleary-eyed men were playing something that looked like dominoes. At another table, an older man sat alone, staring at his near-empty glass. Rose thought that was it, apart from the girl behind the bar. She looked about the same age as Rose, with short, dark hair. She was talking to someone at the side of the room, standing sideways so that Rose could only see her profile. Faint mist was curling up through the air around her. Don't be soft, Jim," the girl was saying loudly. It's not Bob. He'll still be asleep. He won't have missed you yet. But when Rose looked across at the table the girl was addressing, there was no one there. Or rather, the person at the table had ducked down behind it when the doctor and Rose came in. Now. He peered timidly over the top, deep brown eyes staring out from under a mess of black hair. When he pulled himself back into his chair, still watching Rose wearily, she could see he was a boy of about ten. She smiled at him, and the boy looked quickly away. ''I think we scared him,'' the doctor said quietly. ''Can't have that, can we?'' He sat down opposite the boy. ''Hi there,'' he said. ''I'm the doctor and this is Rose. Can I get you a lemonade or something?'' Oh, you have, Rose. Rose smiled at the boy, Jim, the girl had called him, and turned to the bar to see if she could spot a bottle of something that didn't look too dangerous. Her smile froze as the girl turned to face her, and Rose could see where the mist was coming from. The girl was only half there. One of the shoulders that emerged from the top of her blouse was metal, riveted and jointed. Rose guessed the whole of her left arm was mechanical, as it ended in a metal, gauntlet-like hand at the end of the sleeve. Puffs of steam blew out when the girl moved her arm, and every movement was accompanied by a faint hiss of changing pressure. The most striking thing was the girl's face. Curved, tarnished metal plates replaced one cheek, and a bronze plate covered the left eye. The right side of the girl's face was attractive and smiling, The left was unforgiving metal, hissing and spitting steam. Only the mouth ran the whole width unbroken, but metal lips encased one side. Rose swallowed and tried to reinstate her smile. That's Silver Sally, the boy said. She's my friend. Hi, Rose said in a hoarse whisper. Have a drink with us? the doctor asked. I'm assuming... his voice trailed off and he gave an embarrassed shrug. But the girl laughed. ''Oh, I can down a pint of grog as well as you can,'' she said. ''And I need water, too, to top up the reservoir that feeds the steam pistons.'' ''Of course,'' the doctor's grin was restored. ''Well, whatever. I'll have a pint of grog and Jim here can have the same again. And Rose?'' ''Water,'' she decided. ''Just water.'' Sally was turning down the lamps and clearing away the candles as the light improved, and Jim was telling them he'd have to be off home soon. My uncle doesn't like me coming here. That'd be Bob, the doctor said, delighted. So, Bob's your uncle? Yes, he is, Jim told him, evidently puzzled at the doctor's amusement. You are a bit young to be down the pub, Rose pointed out. I don't mean just here, Jim replied. He doesn't like me being near the docks. So why come, she asked. Is it to see Sally? Well, yeah, I suppose. But the ships, too. Seeing them taken off. The smell, the heat of the steam. I love it. Everything about it. I'm going into space one day, he told them with determination. I don't care what Uncle Bob says. I'm going to do it. You watch me. If we're here, we certainly will, the doctor assured him. But you need to wait a bit yet, I think. Yeah, if you're that keen, your uncle will understand, Rose said. Jim grunted, unconvinced, and went back to his drink. So, the doctor said brightly. "'What happened to Sally, then?' "'Rose kicked him under the table, and he gave her a pained—' "'What?' expression. "'Yeah,' Rose said quickly. "'How come technology and electricity and everything don't work here, then?' "'Jim frowned at them. "'Because of the Zeg.' "'Zeg. "'It's a zone of electromagnetic gravitation,' Sally told them, joining them. "'Interferes with anything that has an electrical current. "'Why, I'm stuck in the steam age,' she added. "'Like an EMP!' the doctor said, pleased with himself. Only constant. Something like that. It covers the whole system as far as the outreaches. You need a steamship any closer in than that. Lots of ships get stranded in the outreaches, Jim said. Used to happen all the time in the old days before they knew about the egg. Even now, some ships get it wrong. They drift off course and get stuck. Everything shuts down or goes haywire and they're stranded. So why do people come here at all? Rose wondered, aside from the drinks. It's a living... Sally told her. This is the last port where you can refuel and take on supplies before the mining belt. Or they're looking for Hamlet Glint's lost treasure, Jim added. Hamlet Glint's lost treasure? The doctor asked. It's just a story, Sally said abruptly. Even if Glint existed, I don't think his treasure did. It did.